Welcome to the Junkyard Outreach. This is Todd, and thanks for joining me as we go through the scriptures and learn what we can to draw close to Jesus. For more episodes and information, check out junkyardoutreach.com. And now, let's dig in. Ephesians chapter 6, verse 14. Stand therefore, having fastened on the belt of truth and having put on the breastplate of righteousness. So as we continue in our study of spiritual warfare, Paul's intent was that we not be ignorant of the spiritual battle that wars against our souls and the souls of those all over the world every day. Giving us this instruction, he is giving us a key to living a victorious life in Christ. There's so many folks out there that believe, they go to church, they have a relationship with Christ, but they're constantly defeated. You know, they put on the show that everything's good, but you talk to them and it's like, my life's a mess. Well, it's probably a mess because you're getting defeated in this battle. And so today we're talking about the breastplate of righteousness. And righteousness is an interesting word in the scriptures. It's used several times in the Old Testament and the New Testament. It's used a lot in Psalms, Proverbs, Isaiah, and Romans. In Psalms, there's like 70 references to righteousness. Proverbs, there's 20. Isaiah, there's like 50. And Romans, there's over 30. The rest of the books of the Bible are are limited to single-digit uses of that word. So if you want to study righteousness, get into the Psalms, get into Proverbs, get into Isaiah, and get into Romans. That's where it's referred to the most. And so when we look at what righteousness is, I think it's important that we understand what righteousness is not. Righteousness is not my works, me doing my best to please God. That is not righteousness. That is referred to as works. Righteousness comes from the righteousness of God into the soul of the believer by the power of the Holy Spirit. And when we are living our lives in righteousness, we are successfully living our lives that way. It's because God is doing the work in our lives. He's purging out the wickedness. He's purging out the darkness. And what is being replaced is light. And in that relationship, as we grow closer to God, as God changes us continually, as we surrender to him, this righteousness begins to exude from our lives. It's interesting in Isaiah, it says in the King James Version, but we are all as an unclean thing and our righteousnesses are as filthy rags. It continues. An easy to read version, the Good News Bible says it like this. All of us have been sinful. Even our best actions are filthy through and through. But those that know their Bibles, those that understand the scriptures that have done some digging, they understand filthy rags as something different. Let's go to a literal version of the scriptures and kind of give you an idea. And I know there's people out there that are probably listening going, is he going to say it? Is he really going to say it on the podcast? Yes, I'm going to say it. The literal standard version says it correctly. And we are as unclean, all of us, and all of our righteous acts are as garments of menstruation. So the comparison to our righteousness by Isaiah is comparing the good deeds that we do to the cloth that was used as a menstrual cloth. Now, that's really interesting when you get to Revelation 20, verse 11, at the great white throne judgment. Then I saw a great white throne, and him who was seated on it from his presence, earth and sky fled away, and no place was found for them. And I saw the dead, great and small, standing before the throne, and books were opened. And another book was opened, which is the book of life. And the dead were judged by what was written in the books according to what they have done. 
So this is the judgment of the unbelievers. The believers, we have salvation through Christ. We have the sacrifice that paid for our sins. So according to what we've done, that's already been nailed to the cross. But unbelievers, they face God according to what they have done. So imagine them coming up and saying, hey, I've been pretty righteous all my life. And then God gives them a Bible study on Isaiah 64. This is what your righteousness is to me. It's disgusting. It's repulsive. So the next time you hear someone say, well, when I get to heaven, you know, I'm going to tell God a thing or two. You know, I've got some questions or, you know, I'm basically a good person. No, you're basically a wicked person. All you got to do is just examine your own thoughts and you find out, man, I'm not that righteous. Now, outwardly, you could be a real righteous person, but who are you comparing yourself to? I can compare myself to all kinds of people I know and come across very righteous on my own. But then there's other people that I compare myself to, and I'm like, oh, man, I'm nothing. I'm a dirtball compared to these guys. These guys are really righteous. They're very moral. They're all, and they don't even have to be believers. Their moral character, their own moral behavior is excellent. And there's a lot of people like that in the world. And that becomes a source of false security. I do good things. I'm a righteous person. Therefore, God owes me. No, God doesn't owe you anything except judgment. God loves you, but God sees your heart. And your heart's not righteous before God. It's only through the powering of the Holy Spirit that we have that righteousness. And so going back to Ephesians, when we look at the breastplate, that breastplate covers that large area of the chest. And anybody who's been in the military or has been in law enforcement knows that when you're trained in shooting, you shoot center mass. Why? Because it's an easier target. So that's where our easy target lies. That breastplate covers that part of us, it's easy, and that's our heart. Our hearts are deceitful above all things and desperately wicked, Jeremiah says. That's why we need the righteousness of God. That's why we need the Holy Spirit in us, because we can fool ourselves in thinking outwardly I'm righteous, inwardly I'm not. But when we do come to Christ, when we do have the Holy Spirit in us, what happens is God begins that work, and we begin to become aware of the fact that I need God. I know now after 25, six years walking as a believer, I need Jesus more now than I ever thought I needed him. Because all this time I see who I really am. I know who I really am. And I know that I need Jesus now way more than I did when I was a new believer in a sense of I recognize that now. Obviously, back then I needed him just as much, but I now am more convinced based on not only my life, but just based on life, watching things go on, watching, you know, circumstances in life, how to tax people and things like that. I need Jesus. And my heart, I have to surrender that to God, because if not, it will lead me astray. Don't ever say, I just have to listen to my heart. It'll deceive you. So we stay righteous by staying in Christ. And his righteousness is what makes us righteous, not our own. Ephesians chapter 4, verse 24, and to put on the new self created after the likeness of God in true righteousness and holiness. 2 Corinthians six fourteen. do not be unequally yoked with unbelievers, for what partnership has righteousness with lawlessness, or what fellowship has light with darkness? So our righteousness comes from God. Our righteousness, like everything else, is a precious gift given by the grace of God to those who would willingly follow Jesus, denying themselves, taking up their cross, and following him. It's not our own righteousness. Beware of our own righteousness. 
Because when we begin to trust in our own righteousness, then we will become self-righteous. And when we become self-righteous, we become proud. And that's just another tool of the enemy to use against us in our relationship with Christ. It's easy for him. He just looks at our weaknesses and says, okay, this is where I'm going to attack him. And self-righteousness is an easy way for him to stroke you and lead you right into an absolute rebellious relationship with Christ, all the while telling you it's okay. You're good to go, man. Look at all the good things you've done. Look at what you have achieved. Look at these losers in life that don't ever get anything. Look how much better you are than them. And it just goes on from there. And I think that a lot of people, including myself, over time have felt this self-righteousness because it feels good. It feels good to look at life and realize, yeah, I'm pretty squared away. You know, King Nebuchadnezzar in the book of Daniel, that's what happened to him. He was all over the kingdom of Babylon's success, claiming it was a result of his greatness, and God humbled him. So beware of your own righteousness and seek the Lord's righteousness. So stay in Christ. Stay in the Word. Stay in prayer. Stay obedient to the Word and the unction of the Holy Spirit and be blessed. Thank you.